Hello, and welcome back to yet another episode of Public Access America. Well, you know, there's a lot of podcasts that are taking a hiatus during these holidays. It's ridiculous, isn't it? (laughs) We're doing the same thing. Jeffrey and I took a holiday. But that gave me a chance to go into our archives and create a great clip show for you today. Some of my favorite moments from some of my favorite people. You can find us on Twitter at Public Access Pod and let me know who you liked and what you liked about it. And if the conversation was worthwhile. You can find our live streams on YouTube coming back January 9th, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. And you can find our podcast anywhere you find your favorite podcast. Of course, Apple users, you're free to use Apple Podcasts. Android users, I wish you would tell me which apps you do use, but you can use Spotify. And to our disabled listeners, you can use Victor Reader, Audible, or Amazon Music, as well as just asking your smart device to play the latest episode of Public Access America. So here's our theme song, and then we're going to get into a clip with Devi. It is time now for something positive. We might be headed to the promised land of speaking the truth and finding our external liberty once we internally liberate ourselves. Problem can only be solved when there is a kind of coalition of conscience. conscience. Because that is how it works. This is the beginning, it is not the finale. And that's why we're here. And that's why we rally, 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 rally. We've got to be that creative minority. Creative minority. Creative minority. A way to get in the way. I got in trouble. It was good trouble. It was necessary trouble. Frankly, I know we've got to do something. Well, and I think that's why so many relationships fail is because people, people put up this, when you date somebody, right? Mm -hmm. When you go on a date, you put on your best face. You, you only show them the good stuff. And then you apologize when you have a bad day and you bitch about something. I never apologize. I never apologize for that. And I always tell people, you're allowed to have a bad day, you know? That's right. And I like you more when I can see your bad side. When somebody yes. hides that from me, that's a big red flag. That's yeah, a big red flag for me. You don't know anybody till you fought with them. You can't exactly. be you can't be in a committed relationship with somebody that you've never fought with. It's just yeah. it's ridiculous. You know, yeah. I've, I've seen couples together and I hear we've never fought. Uh, then you, you're you just hiding. You're just hiding everything from each other. You're not actually being uh-huh. honest about anything. Yeah. Exactly. You're, Which means you're, you're subtle. building resentment. Yes. So that you can use it later. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because it, it gives you an excuse to leave somebody. Yeah. And, and, but that's where people get blindsided in mm-hmm. like relationships. They get blindsided because somebody leaves them when they could have easily just communicated about the thing that bothered them and yeah. moved on from it. Why and, did he cheat on me with her? Because she right. did something I didn't do, but he never asked me to do it. I hear that all mm-hmm. the time. Like if he wanted more sex, we could have, I want more sex too. We just didn't have the discussion mm-hmm. to get to that point. You know what I mean? Well, for me, it's like uh, the cheating, uh, like the sex part. That's not the part that bothers me. It's the lying part. It's the lying part. It's always the lying part. Right. So, like, why why do we lie to ourselves and to our partners mm-hmm. when we want to have sex with other people? We're animals. Like, we're we're wired to want to mate with people. 
in some way. Not everybody, of course. There's all sorts of like asexual and aromantic folks out there. But um, physiologically speaking, like we're attracted to more than one person. Why do we lie to ourselves about that when we get into a relationship? It's just you know, monogamy is, I have a problem with monogamy in the fact that like it was created out of a sense of ownership, specifically of ownership of women in like a trade value situation. And like, I can't live inside of that box um, because I've evaluated myself and I'm like, okay, it's not the sex part that bothers me. So my partner can have sex with whoever they want. It's the lying and the sneaking and the like weirdness there. So if we mm. remove the lying and the sneaking, we just talk about it and I allow my partners to do whoever they want to do right? and talk to me about it, then we can all be happier for it yeah. and we can all be more enriched for it because no one person is so there's two types of relationships that you can get into. In my opinion, you can get into a polyamorous relationship where you date multiple people, love multiple people, have sex or don't have sex with multiple people, create and cultivate relationships with multiple people that feel intimate, Mm -hmm. that feel like more than friendship and get all those different parts of you fulfilled with multiple people, or you can settle. Well, you can settle for somebody and round them up to the hundred percent of what you need out of another person. A project. So you're constantly disappointed in them. Well, yeah, and uh, that's how I feel about monogamy. And not it doesn't, you know, monogamy works for some people. They find somebody that's so close to their 100% that they're willing to not date other people. They're willing to deny their, like, you know, attraction sure. to other people to be with that person. And that works for some people. I was with a woman, I tell you, and she was so perfect that I didn't even think about anybody else on a, yeah. on a minute, minute to minute basis. I was so amazed by her. That's I, incredible. I, could, I couldn't get enough. But I was also in a relationship and the girl said, well, I'm seeing four, uh, three other people. So, yeah. I'm, so I'm in an open relationship. And I said, no, you're not in a relationship. And that's mm-hmm. fine too. But don't right. define don't define us as a relationship. You know what I mean? Until we've defined what a relationship is, you know? Well, yeah. And I think each relationship can be different. So like, you know, let people know like, Hey, I'm dating other people. And also I want a serious relationship with multiple people, but you have to talk about that with each person that you're dating. Like you have to create that boundary and those expectations of what you want out of your relationship. Yeah. And it can be different for every single person. And that's what I found find really interesting but you know what i think i think we need to practice more making friends than we need to search for a partner like i think i realize that trying to make friends is more beneficial to me than actually trying to find a woman to sleep with and right they don't know quite how to i just made a friend because Uh she loves metal i just made another friend from um she lives in florida from sweden she has two kids we have nothing in common but i just started talking to her and i told her i'm not i'm not a creep i like conversation if you want to talk i'm here to talk and we talk (laughs) And it's cool to have these friends without the pursuant of a relationship before we even know each other. Mm -hmm. I'm not determining that I want to have sex with somebody that I don't even know, you know, but that's the demisexual Mm -hmm. portion of me. It's the ties. Right. It's the knowing somebody that makes me, there's going to be something about everybody. And I'm like, oh, I like that about you that I didn't like in somebody else. So yeah, absolutely. Well, and you know, like that's your, your definition of a relationship with somebody, right? Right? Your Mm -hmm. definition of building a relationship is 
it, it includes like a sexuality in some way whereas yeah. like a, th- that where you defined your friendship is like okay there's no sex involved there's not you know? a sexual component to a friendship and right. i have friendships where I have had sex with these people and would continue oh, yeah. to have sex with those people, but oh, I yeah. wouldn't define that as a relationship where I am like, you know, dating exactly. them. Exactly. Right. Like, Oh, it's like occasionally. Yeah. Like we, you know, have a good time. We're compatible in that way, but we don't want to like meld yeah. our lives in some way that just, makes I, it serious. I think men have this, maybe not all men, but I think there's this line where we're like, we're friends, we're friends. There's a chance for sex. <laughs> and we lose our objectivity and we go for mm. the prize as opposed to knowing that we had mm. it. We have a friend. That's interesting that you say go for the prize. Like, uh, well, we see it differently. I think men, I think they're trying to get laid think... simply for the fact of, to know that they can still get laid as a, instead uh-huh. of instead of finding intimacy uh-huh. for the connection. And I think that's I... a big issue. I, I, yeah, I find that, uh, to be interesting because I think that, um, men are socialized to believe that sex is a scarce resource and it's just not, it simply is not women love to have sex. We actually can have more orgasms than men during sex for the most part, but they better. <laughs> yeah, it better happen. Right. Uh, rude if it doesn't. Like, right? Yeah, I, I get to go first. Thanks. Um, <laughs> that's that's not the, the point. Is we've men have been trained to get into bed with the woman, and then after right. that, that's the finish line. Not not pleasing her. Not yeah. continuing a conversation yeah. or building um something together. It's just get her into bed. And get I her into know, bed, I, and I, I get to get to, off, and, and that's then I all get, that matters. I get to mark my headboard with one more, and then right. I, I know that hey, I can still get laid. Oh no, right. can I get laid now? That it's the next day? I better find out. Instead of going, I got like eight great friends, and one of them wants to be affectionate today. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, exactly. Like it's the thing is like you have to fight against the idea that like sex is scarce and difficult to get or the goal. Maybe if you're a good person and maybe if uh, you're not an asshole after somebody has sex with you, (laughs) then you're going to get more sex. Like the reason that you're not getting laid is because you had sex, you got awkward and then you stopped texting me, you know, like maybe it's not, it it doesn't have to be that way. Mm -hmm. Like, and you don't have to, like have this expectation of a relationship because yeah. I found in my experience that men get more clingy than women do after mm-hmm. having sex. Yeah. They start getting jealous and possessive and thinking somebody else is going to get it as soon as it walks away. And maybe they will, but maybe, maybe they will. Right. But you, you don't know, own it. You don't own it to begin with. That's the exactly. Thing. You don't own that person's autonomy with right. their sexuality. Nobody does. Even when you're in a relationship. And that's why so many people cheat. It's like mm-hmm. they need autonomy Mm -hmm. and it has really nothing to do with you and hurting your feelings and everything to do with like maybe you're smothering that person yeah maybe that's why they're cheating on you or maybe you make them sad or maybe you're not pleasing them in bed because you're a selfish lover and you don't do anything to make sure that your partner gets off like sex is not just a take it's a give and take that's right But, but it's the lack of communication in all of those scenarios that leads to it yeah, you know, I I talked to somebody I won't name any names uh, recently who I had a relationship with well, before, and um, like they have a partner, and they 
we were having just a conversation. We were just talking and uh, they were like, Oh, I got to go. You know, my partner is calling me and mm. I was like, Oh, don't they not know that you're talking to me? And they were like, um, no. And I was like, ew. ew. And they were like, well, it doesn't that make it more exciting. I was like, absolutely not. My, mm-hmm. my, my human, you know, <laughs> hurting, like, hurting uh-uh. somebody else. Like, yeah. I was like, uh, yeah, that doesn't make me feel comfortable. Like we're literally just having a conversation as friends like that. Mm, yeah. You're going to get in trouble for that. Right. Maybe we, this, maybe it's better if we just don't talk, you know, I'm down here on level one and you're treating me like a level three while the level five you have doesn't know about it. Exactly. Like what the hell, you know, don't, you don't have to do that. Like maybe if you just talked to your partner and said, Hey, Mm -hmm. this is my friend. I'm just having a conversation with a friend. Like, ugh, ugh. And maybe if that your partner makes those boundaries and you don't like it, maybe you're not compatible, you know? That's right. But if your partner comes to you and says something like I'm interested in somebody else, you have to realize it's not mm-hmm. it's not a knock on you. It's something right. they're going through, not something you're going through. Yeah. Exactly. And like jealousy is normal. Jealousy is normal. Mm-hmm. But yeah. the you have to understand why you have the feelings of jealousy. Mm. So where does the jealousy stem from? Is it because you wanted to do that activity with another person? Is it because you feel hurt that they're spending more time with this other person? Is it because the relationship energy is different? Like, what is it that makes you jealous? Right. It's jealousy is not like the end all be all. The reason that you have jealousy is for some other matter it's a secondary emotion to something else right i call it like i call it a roller coaster every emotion is a roller coaster and jealousy is the one that you can control the best you know yeah well and that's that's the biggest part especially like in polyamory is the people are like oh are you not jealous i'm like nah, i get jealous right i just have to work through that and make myself a better person and understand myself better mm-hmm. and some people don't want to do that work they just right. go, well, I'm not a jealous person. I'm like, well, that's great. But like, there's going to come a time when you feel that jealousy and it's going to fuck with you. Right. <laughs> I have, I have a hard time with jealousy in, in romance that way, but mm-hmm. I will, I will pick somebody and say, I'm jealous of that person. That way they know I mm-hmm. have the ability, but I had a friend and we had a loose relationship, you know, and she found a boyfriend and I was, I was, she's like, why are you so jealous? And I was like, I'm not jealous of what you're doing together. I'm jealous of the time it takes away from us. Yeah. You know, and I, and she didn't believe me. And I was like, it's not that go, go have your boyfriend, but I still want to be your friend. Like I still, we started out this way and I, it, the downgrade kind of sucks, but then I also got to be there afterwards to be mm-hmm. her friend because I stayed a true friend instead of saying, well, I was like, right. We got to communicate and talk it through. So we both knew where we were coming from. Absolutely. And, and that, that continued a friendship that continues on to this day that could have been lost forever because of misconception. I, I didn't know my, I didn't understand what I was feeling until, yeah. until I talked it out. It came out like, wah, 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 but it ended up with, I really like you as a friend and I'd like to spend more time doing that. You know? right. <laughs> it's like, ever since you started seeing this person, I feel like I haven't been able to spend as much time with you as I would like. And right. that makes me feel jealousy, not that I want to fuck you, right. but that I want to 
be your friend, and you know, that, that should feel good. <laughs> well, that happens a lot sometimes in like my friendships. I have some friends who like, once they get in a relationship, they just don't, they don't come around anymore. They yeah. are so involved in the relationship and pleasing that other person right. that they forget that they have any friends. And I'm like, okay, well, that, I just know for, that about you. That's not forever. <laughs> that's a nesting period. Once they, Absolutely. Get, once they get comfortable, they start expanding uh -huh. expanding everybody thinks Absolutely. that today is forever and they don't realize that today is just a chance for a conversation that will last mm -hmm. you know exactly well and like everybody goes through this what in the poly community we call nre our new relationship energy like right. you get really excited and you want to spend all your time with that person mm -hmm. and it's like a bonding thing right like yeah you do it accidentally your brain is like oh my god i'm so excited about this person and it like fritzes everything out and then you ignore all the people around you because you're so focused on this one thing right. and you have to remember at the beginning of any like friendship or relationship or partnership that like there's other people that you love around you that you're ignoring yeah. because of this and you have to be sensitive to that That's, well are you are you nesting so that you can learn about the other person or are you nesting because you don't want them to learn something about anybody else but you right right you're like taking up all their time because you want to like secure it you know right and that's that that's a that's an issue well and i think that's yeah unhealthy like you have to allow them still to be themselves and have their time and like it, when you're feeling sad about not seeing them just tell them you know just that, say just hey like but, i but, i just don't want to spend a lot of time with you but it's not your fault i know you're a busy person right, right. don't accuse them of doing something wrong just let them know that mm -hmm. how you're feeling as you're feeling exactly this is my feeling and i own it it's not your responsibility that's a great way to bring it up. This is my feeling and I own it. I'd like to discuss it with you. Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm not blaming my feeling on you. I'm telling you I'm having a feeling about right. you. And, yeah. and like having that kind of like ownership of your your feelings and not making other people responsible for them is a healthy adult thing to do. I because like nobody is responsible for your feelings but you. Like recently at work, I had somebody... Um, Ooh. say well do you not like this person this person thinks that you don't like them i was like that's their feeling and not mine and i'm not responsible for that i never said i didn't like them that's i right. just don't know them yet and i i am awkward and i'm autistic and i uh come off as really like flat and straightforward and like blunt, monotone right, and blunt right. yeah and so people will take that as like me not liking them but that's who i am as a person and it's not my responsibility to manage your feelings yeah. about that you know yeah. i'm like once you get to know me i'm like one of the like nicest people you'll ever meet until you cross me but you know like <laughs> <laughs> you know i'm like okay well no i i that's not my responsibility to like deal with that feeling that they're having they could talk to me about it and say, I, hey, do you have a, an issue? Did I say something wrong? And right. I would very easily explain, no, no, not at all. Uh, I'm just the type of person who doesn't come across as like, you know, friendly all the time. <laughs> but is there is there a point in a friendship when you do have some responsibility for somebody else's emotion that isn't yours? Um, I, I don't think that it's a, your responsibility. I think that you you have 
you never have an obligation to like police other people's feelings or take care of other people's feelings. But if somebody comes to you and says that they have a feeling about something that involves right. you, right. then it does become your responsibility to help them work through that. If they're a friend. And explain, exactly. And explain okay. like, hey, um, you said this thing and it hurt my feelings. Like, okay, let me, let me right. take ownership of that thing and explain what I meant. Right. And then you work through it together. But, you know, they they have to work on their own feelings about it because people miscommunicate all the time. Of course. And you, you also have to work on your communication with each individual person. Yeah. If you, yeah. Hold, if you hold it in, you have the conversation by yourself. And when you mm -hmm. finally spit it out, you're not in the starting position of that conversation. But yeah. you're, you're starting it with somebody that had no idea it existed. Exactly. That, that's a big problem. My friend, I know we loosely talked about it. My friend said, I'm starting an OnlyFans. And I was like, oh. And she was like, are you sad? Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, yeah. And she's like, why? And I was like, I don't know. Like, it's totally mm -hmm. your right to do that. Yeah. And, like, I, I don't certainly don't want to judge you, but as, yeah. your, as your friend that knows you, I love your brain and I hate to see you not be like loved for that, but I understand mm -hmm. why you're doing it. You need validation and money or you need things mm -hmm. that it provides. And I'm not going to judge you for making yourself happy, but right. know, initially I was sad, but thank you for talking to me about it because i didn't Absolutely. want to judge the situation you know well yeah and under capitalism everybody is a tool mm. yeah. um everybody is a tool you you sell your body to any job for an hourly wage that's right so bringing it back to sex work you know selling your body on OnlyFans, how is that any different from selling your body to cut hair or yeah. selling your body to sit at a computer desk all yeah. day. Mason's You're literally hour, doing right? the same thing. And we, we've so yep. encompassed this like idea that sex work is bad and selling your, your actual body sexually is bad that we don't realize that under capitalism, everybody is capital. Everybody yeah, is for sale. Real people, real conversations right here, right now on Public Access America, and you know where you can find us. I don't even have to tell you, but I do want to say thank you for listening. I appreciate Devi in a way I don't know if everybody else does. Tweet us at Public Access Pod and let me know if you appreciate Devi as much as I do. They're great people, and I really want them back. Jeffrey's a lucky guy. The next clip we have is pretty cool. It's from a Denton County Collective episode we did with Mari, and Mari is great, and she is here to talk about a lot of stuff. And I never got to air this on Public Access America because I had made it for the Denton County Collective, but I did make a version for Public Access America. And this is going to be a little clip with Mari, one of my favorite people, just talking more about what it's like to be human. <laughs> I actually know a prostitute. Because oh. we were talking about sex workers earlier. Sure. Like, you know, like a prostitute is like marijuana. Like those terms exist to culturally shift the conversation to make people think that those things are, well, that they're, they are illegal. Right, right. But this, you know, cannabis and sex work are valid things with valid uses and That's right. nobody should be dehumanized because of those things. That's right. I agree. So I use the word cannabis and sex work 
because okay. that honors people who are involved in those things. Amen. And yeah, it doesn't yeah. make them sound like criminals. Absolutely. So like, you know, when you hear like legalized marijuana, I mean, I agree with you, but at the same time, it's like that term has like a racist history to it. Exactly. Sure. sure. Um, okay. This list is long. So oh. I'm going to zip through it. Well, we'll see if we can, we can, we can make it longer by just, <laughs> just, <laughs> just alert me if there's one that you want to unpack. Deal. Okay. I wrote down, if you care about a trans person or want to be friends with a trans person or want to be intimate or romantic with a trans person, retire these words and phrases, colon, biological man or woman, genetic man or woman, born a man or a woman, normal man or woman, real man or woman, um, the word straight when discussing someone who is cisgender, uh, the word transgendered and transgendered. That's a, that's a, gra that's a, that's a, 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 a grammar thing for me. And it kills me every time someone throws it around. I'm just like, why, why, why would you do that? It's a perfectly good word. With are we, we going to sit here and unpack that? Yes, yeah. We're going to unpack them all. Can we, can we, my friend so says we, we gays can... and blacks and it goes along with that. I hate that. <laughs> I don't like it either. So the, 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 the idea that there's qualifiers, right? That's what a lot of those first ones seem to me is that they were things that were qualifying something as being something that's okay or not something that's being it, it, you're, you're adding the idea that there's something to be denied or rejected in that and that that's what i kind of picked up from those that the first ones there well here's the deal i'll make it real simple please i think y'all know like english grammar yeah i'm making that assumption so gender is a noun right uh it's not ever an adjective right uh, gendered can be an adjective, sure. like gendered language. So, Sorry. but it sounds so. It sounds like transgendered should be a word, but sure. transgender is the adjective. Yeah. It's not, transgender is not a noun right. ever. Right. So, transgenders is not a noun. It's also not a verb. The right. verb form would be transition. Yeah. which is also a noun so it can it's a you know it's not well, so much that you're a bad person if you use this word it just sounds like you know don't, you don't know what you're, you're talking uneducated about. so continue your list money so transgender is an adjective absolutely so when i say i'm a transgender woman a trans is just short for that when i say i'm a transgender i'm a type of woman sure. and and whenever Sometimes people put me in catalogs because I'm a composer and I'm a minority in my field. I have to tell them like, do not separate the categories. Like transgender is not a separate gender identity from woman. I see what you're saying. I'm both transgender and woman. And woman. Right. Yeah. That's wonderful. So, um, yeah. Thank you. The, uh, the next yeah, term is seriously. possible. Passable, all right, publicly, you know, passing. you can pass as a person, right? It's like, well, so the word pass is like, what does it imply? Like, if you're not passing, deception, yeah, or there's exactly a, you're right. failing, right? Oh, yeah, um, 
it's also just it's better to say assume sure. so like i'm assumed to be a cis woman in most contexts okay. uh passes a man passes a woman i'd rather say if you're going to use the word pass uh which you shouldn't i would rather you use assume but instead of saying pass as a man or a woman i would say pass for cis okay. assume sure. to be cis sure i would sure. Never um, use, i would never use that combination of words i use it all the time okay um stealth that one's kind of controversial it's a useful word do y'all know what that means stealth yeah I, I can radar? assume i can assume yeah i can assume what that means yeah so when i graduated from college and i went into the workforce i lived in stealth so that i would not get fired gotcha. I see. um gotcha. transsexual even that word is like it's just kind of outdated okay for sure we know more about the situation now that's right uh, old name real name girl name boy name right. <laughs> all of those don't use those um to transgender using transgender as a verb right. um transgendering i've heard before the act of the, the act of the act of transing you mean transitioning like transgender yeah, yeah it's like why, why, why would you just say transitioning uh, these are more probably obvious ones. It, ladyboy, he, she, she, he, she, male, shim, tranny, trap. Don't use those words. Okay. What now? What is a trek? A trek? Trap. What? Trap. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Gotcha. Sorry. Go ahead. Have you ever heard that word used for? No, no, but I, I'm sure it that. It comes from like anime, from what I understand. Okay. Um, this idea that like a trans feminine character traps a man. Oh wow! Yeah, <laughs> I mean we have that in our culture too. Sure, sure, sure. Um, <laughs> oh, interesting. Uh, gender identity disorder. That's just kind of outdated. Um, the surgery, sex change, sex operation. Cutting it off. Do you have a dick? How big is your dick? Have you had the surgery? Do you have boobs or breasts? Can I see it? Show me. Prove it. How do you hide it? All of those. And, the, and these, are, I assume, are things that people have said to you. Obviously. Some of them are. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, your child could be asked the same questions. Right, fully. Um, it's particularly on like dating apps, you know, that's something that I have to, I literally, um, I'm just gonna pause really quick. Please. Hey everybody, my name is Jason from Public Access America. My name is Adam from Adam Has a Beard. My name is Corbin Elliott and I am with the Peace and Purpose Podcast. And you can find any of our podcasts anywhere you find your favorite podcasts. Brilliant, gentlemen. Yeah, awesome, cool. Uh, one time on OK Wait, do you Cupid, want me to pause? 
No, no, no. Oh. I'm gonna I'm gonna get back to the list. But okay. one okay, time okay. on OkCupid, I saw a guy that I was very attracted to, and I read his profile, and he was like a total package, like you know, looked like somebody that maybe I could someday be in a relationship with this person because. I think he's great and he would make a good partner for me. And so I matched him. And again, this is somebody who is like a veteran, somebody who had their own home, somebody who, um, you know, just was an attractive, stable person that knew how to speak English well and seemed to like have some cultural depth. And when he messaged me, the only thing he said to me was, how much, question mark. Wow. And, uh, and then I, like, unmatched him immediately. Actually, I probably uh, reported him. That I would report. That's, a, that's shitty. But, I mean, it, I go through that a lot. Like, men with a lot of status and money and... Um, you know, just have their lives together uh, tend to be very transphobic, even though they feel like they can just use trans bodies whenever they want or whatever they want. And like, I have never done sex work ever. So like my profile did not insinuate any of that. Like I didn't go to school for six years and getting into a lot of debt to right. be on, you know, uh, dealing with men soliciting sex or whatever. For sure. Yeah. Um, gay sex, I don't like that term. Straight sex, I don't like that term. Top and bottom, I really don't like those terms. Sexual preference, which is also kind of outdated. And uh, gay or queer as a derogative. That was my list. We have learned a lot of, through Ryan about your activism and about your um, your the causes that, that are near and dear to your heart. And uh, would you like to discuss some of that? Sure. Um, I'll just say really quick that I'm from here. I grew up. I've spent most of my life here. Here um, being North Texas, right? Yes, Fort Worth. Right. Okay. So, um, yeah. I went to school in Minnesota and California, and I have a master's in music, and I am a composer. I work primarily with choirs and, and choral ensembles. Um, yeah, so I also teach music at high schools, and I'm about to start a new job teaching uh, voice feminization and voice masculinization to transgender people. Um, yeah, so I'm a vocal person. I sing with a professional group in Dallas and, uh, awesome. Yeah. You're going to make our podcast better just by improving yeah. our voices. I love this. <laughs> not that, not, not that we need improvement with our voices. That's debatable. That's debatable. I'm always open to criticism. <laughs> I, I'm also a vocalist. I sing with a, a group in, in Dallas as well. It's mostly top 40 cover bands and, and pop and such, but uh, that's wonderful. And the uh, being a vocalist, I'm sure that, that 
that found that that was a good foundation for you as far as uh, you know what you're what you're doing now. I mean, you find as far as composition goes, is that is that a thing that came after you know you were you were seen professionally, or was that something that sort of grew within you as you as you were educated or what? Yeah, I I've always sung in choirs. Um, just to as a disclaimer, I am also like an atheist. But I grew up around here, I always sang in choirs, and uh, I know when people think choir, they think like sacred music and church, and I've definitely done some of that and been employed by a church, but um, yeah, in my college, it has a, a Lutheran um, identity to it, so that's just been part of my experience, but that's not really what I'm about, and my music really is. Um, I would say for the past five years has been really social justice focused. Wonderful. Wonderful. I'll have to listen to some of that. I like the variety of religion in the music. Is there, is there different tones to the different religions in choir? Um, I, I, I would say that, uh, if if a director takes the time to discuss the theology behind the text that we're singing mm -hmm. it definitely um you can learn something from different religions but i um i definitely like i don't know the bible like right no <laughs> I just, neither i'll just sing when i'm paid <laughs> yeah the, the the music is wonderful I, I look forward to hearing whatever all the things you compose and, and especially in regards to social justice because it's there's kind of a void there that your music brings some light to that is is wonderful and it's what we can do you know do what you can yeah i mean that's the goal um i'm not like mainstream in my in my field i don't think uh sure. if you're if you're a big choir nerd or a choir director especially like in lgbtq context or um, like a college or university, then you might know who I am. But um, I mean, the mainstream is still like Mozart, and I don't know if you know the name Eric Whitaker. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> um, there's there's definitely an idea of what's like traditional or mainstream, and uh, as you could imagine, it's overwhelmingly white cisgender heterosexual men yeah. um and some of them a lot of them are dead so they're not you're not paying their bills by <laughs> by buying their music right. um and we're in a time where um i don't think there's ever been so many composers working right now and um there's a lot of brilliance out there and a lot of voices and a lot of stories to be told so on the one hand i see what i do as a privilege on the other hand like i'm just fighting you know living paycheck to paycheck like most people right. so um yeah i just you know i outed myself as transgender at a national conference for the american choral directors association yes. in 2015 and that just kind of opened the door to this whole world of people commissioning me to write music on these social justice topics. 
unfortunately, choir is a very uh, still kind of a religious white uh, classist, mm. you know. Yeah, super classist. Yeah, you have to know how to read music to perform my music. So, you know, you can imagine that these social justice issues are important and people are learning and I'm providing literature for that. But at the same time, um, you know, it's not like there's a bunch of uh, queer black people singing my music. Right. So they don't get to see themselves reflected in that at all. Right. I'm just so happy to have you guys here. There's so much I want to talk to. You said you do activist style choir. And is that lyrically? Is there lyrics involved in that? I think that's really incredible. Yeah, I mostly don't write the texts okay. in my compositions. I just write the music. But I uh, collaborate with poets to um, set their work to music. I love that. And uh, with a choir, I mean, when it, whenever you have a, a book of poetry, I mean, that, that is an art form on, in itself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it can be read, you know, and with an audience and whatnot. With music, it kind of uh, heightens the purpose in the sense that, I mean, with choir, it's like, I mean, I've had choirs as big as like 300 people seeing about memorializing transgender women that were murdered in the U.S. in 2015. So they have to... When they learn the music and they're singing the words, they're singing words that were written by my collaborator, who is uh, a disabled Arab American trans person, uh, trans masculine. They ha- go by they them pronouns. They're brilliant, and uh, each time, like it, it, I, I'm sometimes asked about like branding. Like, are you are you afraid to be typecast? That oh, you're the trans composer or that my music is trans music. In a sense, it is because I often work with trans poets and I'm trans myself, but um, the spirit of the text um, really has like a universal tone. And it's this, uh, people really struggle to understand, but when you're in a choir, and you're all unified in one space to accomplish one thing, which is to sing this music uh, for an audience. Everybody understands um, that liberating trans people is liberating everybody. Yes. Um, so, yeah, it's just, um, I mean, I'm very excited about my work. I'm, like I said, it's a privilege to do what I do. And uh, it's definitely uh, a learn-as-you-go type of career, (laughs) you know. But um, I think I have this theory in my life where um, if I'm ever going to be happy, it's got to involve risk. Um, I think that if you don't take risks, then you're not living your life and you're just slowly dying. 
Thank you for listening to Public Access America. My name is Jason. That was Mari and Joe from the Denton County Collective, which may still be floating out there. But I made a special episode, like I said, for Public Access America. I kind of kept the audio, and I love it because I, I, the information they give is amazing. And if, if I could get any information out, it would be information like that. Do's and don'ts. And next, we're going to do a little clip from Inspirations Beyond Disabilities. My friends Brittany and Shy and Caitlin got together with one of my people, one of my obsessions, Daisy. Daisy's pretty cool. And I, I, the last 10 minutes is, is, is the clip that I wanted, but honestly, I just extended a little earlier to give a little more clip for you. Listen to Inspirations Beyond Disabilities. It's a group of about eight or nine people. It's growing group, really good conversations, really good people. Thank you for listening to Public Access America. This is going to be a clip featuring my friend Daisy. Ha ha. She totally didn't see it, so that we had to like. My sister ran in and grabbed it and like threw it in the sink, and it was, it was so hilarious. no more toaster oven. Y'all had to get a new one. Uh, well, the toaster oven was fine. Funny enough, no oh. more <laughs> shows were black. Oh lord! Oh no! <laughs> Garbage. Yeah. Look, it was just Cajun. That's all. Don't even worry about that. This is a little yeah. burnt. You all right. See, I've never burned anything down, but my family, well, mainly one of my brothers, he always thinks that I'm burning something down. I don't know what it is about me cooking, but something can like be undercooked. But for some reason, the whole entire house is just filled with smoke. So he freaks out that I'm burning something. He's like, oh my God. I'm like, I just put it in the pan. There's nothing burning. (laughs) Yeah. I always tell people the worst thing about my life is I have to eat a blind guy's cooking every night, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, blind people are some of the best cooks I ever met in my life. Okay. Agreed, agreed. It depends. I'm still I'm still a a guy though, you know. Yeah, Um, that's what amazing is that your boyfriend can actually cook. Yeah. He's from the the clink clink. I'm gonna have to hold him down. (laughs) I need the good cooking. Don't go nowhere because I hate cooking. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I'm blessed to have a boyfriend who also loves to cook, so and is good at it. Mm. I, I took that in my life. <laughs> I took on baking. Like I can make great fudge or cheesecake or cookies. Yeah, I'm horrible at baking. I got nothing. Well, I'm bad at everything. So I can make you a sandwich. Yeah. Right. We go. We will get these sandwiches together now. Come on. Mm. No, my favorite thing to cook currently, and it's just because it's delicious. It's really easy to make, but it's a uh, chicken and rice casserole. Mm. So good, Ooh, and quiches. Good. Quiches are really good. Yeah, yeah. quiche is good. Kate, maybe one day you can teach me how to make a quiche. Okay, it's the easiest <laughs> thing in the world. I was so worried about eating a quiche though, because we had made it um, like a couple days ahead before our skiing trip, because we weren't going to have anything to cook on. So mm. we made uh like this chicken tortilla thing casserole and then we made quiches and when he was telling me how to make it i was like oh no there's eggs in this like this is just all eggs he's like yeah Yeah. and i'm like and we're gonna put this in the fridge he's like yeah and i'm like "Mm, yeah i'm not eating this (laughs) (laughs) i was like i don't eat my eggs once they once they get cold like five minutes later you really think i'm gonna eat this a couple days later after we made it no way He's go. He was like, "No, like you're gonna have to try it." And I'm like, Mm-mm. <laughs> "I ain't getting salmonella." <laughs> but um, I was like, "What smells so good?" And they were like, "Here, 
I was like, okay. So I took the plate and I was like, it, I think it's the quiche. It looks like the quiche. <laughs> I was like, fine, I'm hungry. I don't want a bagel right. today. So I ate it and I was like, oh, this is really good. <laughs> so guys, we're at the 15 minute mark. Already? You're lying. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, I know. I hate. I didn't want to interrupt anyone's stories, but I did want to ask Daisy what she's got going on now. She wants to talk about her um, group yeah. together. Um, so we decided to start a group. Um, it was not my idea. I wish it was. <laughs> I can't take credit. Mm -hmm. But um, my mentor from Disability Solutions International had messaged me one day. He goes, "Hey, so one of our other men um, students." had come up with an idea to have an LGBT group with people who are mm -hmm. disabled. And I was like, oh, that's a great idea. He goes, do you want to be a part of the planning meeting? Like, do you want to join? And I was like, I would love to. I want to do something like this. I would love to. So I joined. I didn't think I was going to be a speaker. I just thought I was going to be there to help out plan whatever was going to go on. And then I would be one of like the participants. Right. But he was like, all right, so you three are all going to do this by <laughs> yourselves. And I was like, oh, I'm in this too. <laughs> Huh? <laughs> so I was like, cool, I get to be a speaker. Um, but basically, our name is Cuties, um, but it's spelled Q-T-D-I-E-S, which stands for Queer, Trans, and Disabled Individuals for Equality in Society. Mm. And we will be meeting once a month on Mondays for now at 5.30 Pacific Standard Time. And what we did in our first meeting that we just had on Monday was an introduction where we just asked everybody what they wanted out of this group um future topics that they want to go over and so far the topics that we have are coming out stories talking about how a disability and culture and all of that intertwines with being in the lgbt community yeah. and they all want to talk about fashion as well which is not my forte but we're gonna try <laughs> that's my good right there that's my ministry <laughs> I, do, I, I really i really do love the intersectionality of it though you know having mm -hmm. um i'm trying that's what i try and do is teach people that there's disabled people in your group you know what i mean like right we're, right we're, we're everywhere and so we're kind of a glue behind everything so i really like mm -hmm. that you're that you're addressing the disability and the lgbt stuff as one you know public access America. It's always funny because, like, especially because as you know, libertarians, we get a ton of shit, even amongst other libertarians. I think political philosophy is a lot like religion, and where there's moments you have to go on faith and trust what somebody else is saying. The main, the main focus is it's like less dependence on the government because, well, we've seen how that's gone, and you don't have to do that if you think about it in a human way. You know, more dependence on connections with each other. You can always bring it back to what would one human do for another? What would a hundred do for a hundred? People looking out for people. Find Public Access America anywhere you find your favorite podcast every Sunday and Thursday. And join the chat on YouTube at Public Access America every Sunday, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Communities looking out for community. Public Access America. History in the making. Making history in the making. In the making. In the making. Right. Oh, yeah. I definitely can't wait to go over that because um, the part that I have noticed that it intertwines with it is a lot of people assume that like we don't that we're all just queer for the sole fact that we can't see. So we only care about personality. And I'm like, no, mm -hmm. there are people 
who are blind who know who they are and know that they only like the opposite sex mm-hmm. but i was mm-hmm. definitely one of those who i was like i don't care for how you look who you are so i just like everybody yeah. <laughs> and right. it really confused me for a bit but i was like no it's it's fine it's normal that's so- that's go ahead shy uh, no, I mean, I was just going to say that, like, it's really cool to be making that connection because, in my experience, people tend to separate disability and sexuality in general. Right. Mm-hmm. People, As if we're not human beings. Yeah, it's like disabled people don't get turned on, they don't have sex. They don't, <laughs> That's a damn lie. They, they don't. Never <laughs> it's like. For some reason, people are like, "Oh, you're disabled. Okay, you can't be a sexual creature." For right. some, reason. I don't know what that is. <laughs> Every disability, people who are in wheelchairs apparently don't like people, deaf people, everybody, everybody. They're mm-hmm. all like, if you're disabled in any way, people completely discredit any sexualness. They're like, "No way, you can't do that." Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. You can't do it, or somebody wouldn't want to do yeah, that with yeah. you. Who would want to? Which right. is disgusting right. and insulting and terrible. It's so insulting. Yeah. Which, but that's something people like. Nobody wants to do it with a a blind person or a paraplegic or an amputee. Like, how rude! Like, what? Right. For real. I always told. I told. I told my friends. <laughs> I don't know if I'm gay because I haven't met Brad Pitt yet. You know what I mean? But like, <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure sh- I'm pretty sure I'm straight. But until I meet all seven billion people on the planet, I really just don't know. You know, I I've, I've personally been on a journey with my sexual identity the past few years. I mean, technically my whole life, but like been actually trying to figure it out instead of just hide it, like pushing it down. Mm. <laughs> for the past couple um couple years and it's a weird time to be trying to figure that out because i'm in a committed relationship and it doesn't matter very weird time (laughs) but but i just i don't know i felt like i was being untrue to myself i'm leaning Mm. towards um bisexuality right now i feel Mm. like that's the 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 label if we need to which you don't need to choose a label but i feel like that's the label that suits me the best right now right now that's kind of what everybody starts off with though because it's it's the safest one at least that's what a lot of people say it's it's the most safe because you're still quote-unquote normal without being normal i guess (laughs) and because i started off that way too i was like i told my mom i was like hey i'm bye she's like okay and i was like you don't care she's like no No. not not really (laughs) until (laughs) it costs money it would it right (laughs) (laughs) so true my, um, my, my favorite is panfectionate i consider myself panfectionate i'll see somebody and be like i just really like who you are I, and it isn't sexual as much as it is i just i'm gonna want to spend time with you now you know? right, <laughs> right. i love that i'm gonna use that now <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean um, like i said still figuring it out but i the only thing that i'm 100 sure of is i'm not straight that's all I've got. Mm. That's the only thing that I know. <laughs> well, congratulations. My thing is though, like I, I'm, I most definitely know that I am cisgendered, heterosexual, but I, I appreciate the same. Like I, like I can look at a woman and be like, she has a beautiful shape. 
mm. or she's gorgeous or you know i might smack you on the ass but i'm still i still know who i am at the end of the day right yeah, yeah I mean, that's, the, that's the lovely thing about about women we can all express our emotions with each other i mean especially like college students you always will see a picture of a girl kissing another girl and they could be totally straight. Mm. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. I think it's because we're not weighed down by societal norms in that way. Because men are mm-hmm. very much weighed down by this disgusting thing. Like, society is so grossly... Um, like, how much... There- they're, we created they're judged it. more than women yeah. are because we it's created- not if oh. women do it but it's not if guys do it right if men do it uh-huh. it's, it's like like women can experiment but men can't like right what is that <laughs> right but it's yeah. our fault like if you you can't say that we've had control of everything and demeaned everybody else but then said that we made the rules that mm-hmm. didn't benefit us it's we dug our hole men dug our hole and yeah that's the problem i always say like a creepy guy and a nice guy are the exact same thing till you don't give him what he wants and then you're gonna mm-hmm. figure out the nice guy from the creepy guy but it's mm-hmm. us it's we built it you know? <laughs> right yeah right yeah that makes sense yeah. i just appreciate people for being patient for who i am while i learn you know what i mean you're right, right. oh yeah i love having friends that i still have um because they, they went through a whole entire journey with me of me trying to figure out stuff, especially mm-hmm. my one friend, Tabitha. Um, I came out to her first. I was like, I don't think that I am fully female. And she goes, so you think you're trans? And I was like, I, I think so. She goes, well, I can help you out with that. And I was like, okay, how? And she's like, well, let's come up with a name. And I was like, okay. I was like, I, I like the name Aiden, I guess. Let's go with that. So she would call me Aiden at school or just over text. And I was like, I mean, I like it, but it's not the only thing that I like. Like, I still like it when people call mm-hmm. me Daisy. It's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, but she went through that whole entire thing with me. And then I was like, I think I just, I like both. So she was like, okay, then you're, you're gender fluid. And I was like, cool. There's a label. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Can you, I just have a quick question. Can you designate that on your license in California? I don't think so. I know you can do male and female. I don't think there's a G for gender fluid, though. (laughs) I know that, like, Washington State did um, non-binary as as something that you could, and is an option, so I just wondered. California is so advanced in everything, I assume they were with with that as well. Mm. I feel like instead of doing a letter like M, F, or N for non-binary, it should just be Mm. your pronouns. Yeah. You, her, they, them. True. They, but they. then my, my ID would be filled with pronouns. <laughs> 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 right. To try right. to narrow it down to like two. <laughs> I guess. But I feel like that would be easier than like male or female. Does it or really matter <laughs> though? I have a I mean, question. If you no, have a surgeon, matter. your surgeon needs to know, you know, what's going on. But I don't think anybody mm-hmm. else really deserves no, to like know. It doesn't matter right so like okay like i will go like on like instagram or tiktok and i'll look at people's bio and in their bio it'll say like he slash her is that their pronouns yes yes I my pronouns in my bio okay you know i'm sis i feel like it takes away the stigma of like well if this person has pronouns in their bio that means that they are trans or they are gender fluid i feel like right. it's 
un- it's unfair that that equals outing. You know what I mean? Yeah. So mm-hmm. I, mean, like, I just I I saw a TikTok that was like, I don't know, cis people eh, put maybe put your pronouns in your bio. Like mm-hmm. you don't have to, but like I feel like that'd be cool. And I was like, you're right, that would be cool. So I did it. So, <laughs> so in my so like I could put like she slash her because those are my pronouns. Yeah. Yep. yep. Oh, okay. Because yeah. I keep saying it in people's bios, I was like, what are we doing? Are we are these our pronouns? I don't. <laughs> They're just like, like this is what I'm into. <laughs> but you're, but you're also something. still allowed to use they there. You know what I mean? If you if well, you yeah. choose to, yeah, it, would, it wouldn't undescribe who you are. That's the thing. You know what I mean? Whatever works, right. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And whenever I have a chance, I always mark other. When I had to sign my lease, the lady asked me, "Are you are you black? Are you Caucasian? Are you Asian?" I said, "I'm other." It's not your dream. I don't think that's fair. <laughs> I think everybody's other. We should all be other. That's not even a question right. that should be asked, you know? Right. I hate that. I hate that question. Me and too. Like, they're like, choose everything that applies. I'm like, okay, so you want me to choose everything? Because what if what if everything applies? What everything. If everything. Because technically, I just did the ancestry test. I'm more than half white. Y'all crazy, right? I know. I was oh. like, so I was like, well, I'm going to start ch- checking white, you know, on the- <laughs> I'm white. You can't tell me I'm not. I got this test here. This is otherwise. So treat me as such. You're just perfect, Brittany. You're just- <laughs> treat me I as such. So, so annoying. Because <laughs> so, I never, for since I was a child, I never know what to choose. Because, like, I'm black, right? Mm-hmm. But my entire family is from Nicaragua which is a country in Central America, a Hispanic, Latin American country. So my family is Hispanic. We all have dark skin. Mm -hmm. We all, because, you know, we, at the end of the day, came from Africa. But it's a Hispanic country, so I'm I'm Hispanic. So I was like, do I put Hispanic? But if people look at me, I don't look Hispanic. Like, since I was a kid, I've always had this, like, what do I put for this stupid question? Right? <laughs> like, like, you're over there having, like, a whole debate yeah. with yourself. <laughs> I, I had a friend in high school. Um, her name was Jessica. She was, she still is. She's gorgeous. Um, and she is, she looks white. Like, her hair, everything about her, you would never know. But her mom is black. And her dad was white. So she's half and like no one knew. You would never know. And so like she would talk about how like if she were to fill out something. I mean, she's literally half black, half white. Mm-hmm. But you would never know that she's half black. You would never know. And yeah. like she's like, I usually just put white because if I put black, people are like, that's confusing. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I, I, nobody yeah. needs nobody needs the answer to that. That's right. a weird thing. Like, we're, that's so we're, we're struggling with it, but other people don't even look at it. You know? Right. It's, right. It's so irrelevant. It's so irrelevant. Unless it's a doctor. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because certain because there's medical things that are connected to to right. your yes. So that in a medical way, sure. But why does right. my landlord need to know where I'm right. 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 What does it, right. does it matter? Like, what is it going to, I'm going to pay my, you're going to get your money regardless of where I'm from. So that's right. <laughs> but then how do, how do y'all feel about when you're filling out college applications? Because that is, you know, you have a 4.0 and you're going to the good, I don't know, Ivy League college and mm-hmm. like they want minorities in there. Yeah. So like, 
yeah that's like a benefit right uh, it's weird with college that's what i don't like about it because i feel like it's not fair because for example your friend as you said she marks white because they're confused but if she wanted to go to that college she would mark black to get the benefits i don't get to pick and choose right yeah yeah I think it helps balance a system that was tilted to favor Caucasians mostly. So mm-hmm. I'm in favor of giving everybody, I think everybody deserves education. I think having yeah. to pay for it, having to hoard it by yourself so you can give it to the people that you believe deserve it is wrong. Mm-hmm. I think every college course should be free. I think mm-hmm. I think people should be able to have a class to decide whether they like it without spending $5,000 to find mm-hmm. out. Right. And then I think further education that might have to cost something, but I think you, I think I should be able to go find out if I want to be a nuclear physicist for a month. Right. And if it isn't for me, then it isn't for me, but at least we know, and we would right. find more people. We would find the next great people, the next Einstein, the next uh, mm-hmm. John Lewis that way. And that's what I like. And that's why I podcast is to get information out there any way I can. You yeah, know? I would love it if we could do something like that because yeah. I've been stuck with do I want to continue with child development and go into orientation and mobility as my career or right. do I want to go into business? Because I mean, I do want to own my own business as my career. O&M is just the fall um, fallback. Because right. DOR wants that. Right. They don't want you to be an entrepreneur. And I, I've asked her, I was like, can I take business classes? And she goes, well, you have to see if it falls under your GE so that you can take your GE and it, was, it won't affect anything on your like, educational plan. And I'm like, okay, right. that's, that's, I'll try, but I doubt it. You know, I have to take a science and I have to take a math and that's pretty much it. I can't right. replace math with business because it's just not going to fall under the same category um cool so um <laughs> yeah on that note y'all it's 3 30 just letting you guys know for those who would tear the world down we will defeat you this is our moment this is our time to those who seek peace and security we support you yes we can and to all those who have wondered if america's beacon still burns as bright tonight Sunday live streams on YouTube. I wanted to run out of that tunnel for my dad. On Twitter. Twitter. 
Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Stitcher, Radio Public, and Spotify. Yes, we can. Public Access America. History in the making. Making history in the making. Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Mini Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.